Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. Hey guys, welcome to episode 59 of Intuitive Bites. For the show today, I'm chatting with Connie Sopchak, who's from The Body Positive. So we are talking about body positivity, where it originated, where it's kind of gone since then, um, and just chatting about Connie's views on what the real, true, authentic meaning behind body positivity is. Um, I also ask her about, you know, how people can start practicing this or, you know, start healing their relationship to their body. Um, so it's really, really fascinating to hear her talk about this because um, it's she has some different ideas on it. So um, yeah, really excited to share this episode with you guys. Um, if you haven't already heard, I'm hosting another webinar um, on May 1st. So it's Friday, May 1st at 10 a.m. It's a Q&A webinar. So I'm going to be answering questions about um, body image, intuitive eating, health at every size, um, really anything that kind of spreads those topics. So you can send the questions to me ahead of time, or you can just kind of enter them in the chat during the webinar. Um, it's one hour long. It's pay what you can. So it's, you know, whatever makes sense for you right now. Um, I'm happy to have you come. So you can easily register by just going to the link in my bio on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is at the intuitive underscore RD, like registered dietitian, um, for those of you who don't know. And also, if you're looking for more one-on-one -on -one support with this, um, I am taking clients. So I do virtual work. I do it over the phone. Um, and you can reach out to me on my website or on Instagram. Um, my website is theintuitiverd.com. Um, and we can always just have like a a 15 minute call to see if it makes sense and if we'd be a good fit for working together. So reach out to me if that sounds like something that would be helpful to you. All right, guys, let's go ahead and listen into my conversation with Connie. All right, Connie, I am super happy to have you here. I would love for you to just take a moment to introduce yourself and a bit about the work that you do. Thank you, Kristen. I'm so happy to be on your wonderful podcast. My name is Connie Subchak, and I am the co-founder and executive director of a nonprofit organization called The Body Positive, with the the there, that's very important. And um, I founded it with my colleague, Elizabeth Scott, who's a social worker in the mid-90s. So it's been a long journey with that. I'm also the author of a book called Embody, Learning to Love Your Unique Body and Quiet That Critical Voice. Thank you so much. That was, that was wonderful. Um, can you tell me a little bit about like what led you to starting The Body Positive? Um, yeah, just, I guess I'm, I'm interested to hear more of that story. Yes. So The Body Positive is a nonprofit, as I said, and our mission is to 
uh, teach people how to listen to their bodies deeply, like that really deep listening, and then to learn from the wisdom of the body and ultimately to thrive. So um, in the 90s, we started with um, peer leadership um, training to help teens create body positive environments um, in their schools. And so that was the early days. And the reason that I got to that was, um, my story in a nutshell, um, is I had an eating disorder when I was a teenager. I, um, my sister Stephanie also did. She was a big person. She was almost six feet tall and she was just this big, incredible person. And um, at the dinner table, my dad um, really, as she gained weight, and I, looking back, I can see that she had a lot of shame around her body. So she probably was doing some binge eating. Um, to, and that put on some of the weight, but she was just naturally a big person. And um, so my dad would really go after her um, about what she was eating and, you know, how many calories are in that? And are you sure you want to eat that, Stephanie? And I was this scrawny little prepubescent child sitting across the table from her taking all of this in. So I think that that was one of the reasons I had my eating disorder. And then every single friend of mine at school um, hated their body. And by the time I was 15, I ended up in my friend group um, having bulimia, and um, and looking back, I see that every single one of my friends had it. We there was no word for it, and so we just all had unbelievably disordered eating and had no idea that there was a problem with it. By the time I um, got to Berkeley um, as a transfer student, I started to realize that something was really wrong with me. I kept dropping out of school and thinking I needed to change my major and then going back and then dropping out again and had no idea that that was this whole eating disorder. So finally at the age of almost 22, I realized, oh my God, something's wrong with me. And so I left school and um, did my healing work. And at that time, the word bulimia became um, something in the culture that people started knowing about. And so um, I healed on my own. I had to. Uh, there was really not a lot of help. Um, finally, after I ended my behaviors, I worked with this awesome feminist therapist who helped me get angry at the culture and to realize that it wasn't just me and that it was a, a whole um, problem in the entire culture. And so that, that really helped me a lot. Um, to take it out of me and realize that I wasn't alone. Um, so I made it through my 20s and then um, I had a baby when I was 31, a girl. Mm -hmm. And um, my sister, um, part of her story is that she got breast implants when she was probably mm -hmm. in her early 20s. Mm -hmm. And one of them hardened soon after she got them implanted and two doctors took their forehands and crushed the implant. And, oh my um, gosh. Yeah, so silicone leaked through her bloodstream and she developed an autoimmune disease. She never got over her eating disorder. So by the time she was 36, um, her body was just really compromised. And finally, someone figured out the, the autoimmune disease. And, um, she had the breast implants taken out, but it was too late. And so she died um, at that age. And that was devastating. Um, we had bonded so much over our body stuff when we were young and she was like a second mom to me. And so that was really crushing. Um, my daughter, Carmen was a year old at that point and I got really freaked out. Like, how do you raise a child in this culture to love their bodies? And so I thought, well, I don't know, but I'm going to try and I will change the world for her. And so I got very passionate about changing the world. And so my idea originally was to create videos in young people's voices to speak to each other about a different um, way to live in a body, in a human body, and just to plant seeds. And then when I met Elizabeth, and she was working in schools with 
at that time we were working only with girls. Um, now we work with all genders. Um, it, it was, um, we just came together and formed this organization and started training them and teaching them. And over time we developed our Be Body Positive model by asking all of the people that we worked with, what are the issues that you're struggling with? What are the messages you're getting? How do they make you feel? You know, and then the main piece was handing it back to them. How do you want to change your environment to support you in loving your body? And then how can we help? So that was the roots of the body positive. Wow. Not such a short story. It's a hard, it's a hard one to make a short story. That's amazing. And you, I mean, you really, you know, you covered a lot there. And I know in your book too, uh, which I've read, you go into, you know, even more detail there, but that was a good synopsis. Thank you. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. I'm, I'm curious to hear, like, I guess what your definition of body positivity is but I also know that like you had um specified at the beginning that your organization is the body positive so um I don't know talk a little bit I guess I'd love to hear you talk a little bit on like what are the differences between those two um, things and um what you you believe body positivity is thank you for asking yes so I mean, the funny part is, is I needed a name for my organization when I first started and I'm not so great at naming things. I mean, when I was little, I had a pony named Pony and a <laughs> bunny named my bunny. So, you know, it's amazing that my daughter has a name that's not girl or something. But, um, anyway, um, so one of my friends, you know, came, helped me come up with the name The Body Positive. And so that, that was really how we got the name. And it, of course, it was resonated with me. Absolutely. And then Deb Burgard, who's a psychologist in the Bay Area in California, she um, had started doing body positive work. And we met, this is all pre-internet. So we met and liked each other and, and we were doing different things. And she was not a nonprofit and she wasn't a training organization. And so um, we decided, oh, we'll keep the same name. Um, and if someone calls you, you know, let them know, give them my phone number. So that's, that's how we started, which shows how long we've been around. And so, um, but then the internet came and then it, it's interesting. It was suddenly like body positive started showing up and Deb and I would connect with each other and say, do you know this person? And they're using body positive. And so in the beginning we tried to get people to know that this was our trademark and that they couldn't use it. And then suddenly it just took off. And so then it, then, uh, what's been interesting to see is, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great steps that's called body positive and there's a, some stuff that I don't like at all. Yeah. And I think, um, let me explain what our definition is and, and what we have been teaching for over 20 years. So our work is about teaching um, people to connect with their own unique body story. So it's, as I said, we're asking each individual, we're not telling anybody, this is how you should live. This is what body positivity is. It's we teach them the five competencies of our model, which are reclaim health, practice intuitive self-care, cultivate self-love, uh, declare your own authentic beauty, and build community. So we teach them and help them embody these competencies. And so what body positivity looks like for each individual is as unique as every human on the planet. And what we're trying to do is give people back their story. We're not saying that if you're body positive, you're going to always love yourself and you're never going to think, you know, what your reflection is in the mirror is something you don't want to see. It's that 
we honor that humans will continue to suffer, but what we're doing is helping people be the creator of their own story, be the author, be able to live their lives from that authentic, that intuitive place so that they can have more joy, they can have more peace, and they can live their lives from however old they are till the day they go with a beautiful connection to this body that gives them life. So we're connecting people to their ancestors so they can see the beauty that comes through an entire line of people, whether they know them or not. If someone wants to make changes with their body, especially for someone who is not comfortable with their gender assigned at birth, of, you know, get in alignment with your body. It doesn't mean that you don't want to make changes. It doesn't mean everything is perfect all the time. It's just that we have a relationship. So it's our primary relationship in life is with this body because this is our home. This is um, who we are and it's what gives us life. And so I, I'm so sad that people are at war with their bodies because mm -hmm. it just wastes so much time. So that's our definition of body positivity. Um, I, you know, I, I think what I struggle with is there's so many people arguing about what it is and <laughs> spending so much time. It's this, it's for you. It's not for you. It's for only this, these people and you're excluding these people. And, and, and I, and pe certain people's version of it is that way. Um, and so that's what bothers me, you know, that our version it's, it's all inclusive because it's not about us. It's about each individual. And so that's what I struggle with the most. And then I struggle obviously with, um, corporate America anytime co-opting the phrase to sell something. So that that's. Hard. Yeah. And that certainly, certainly exists. It's so interesting to hear you talk about and like describe like your definition of body positivity. Cause it really, it's so in depth and it's so like powerful. And it, I feel like really, I mean, I guess like I hear people talk about how like mainstream body positivity is like watered down, but really it truly is when you hear like kind of where the roots are, um yeah and I, I yes just, yeah it just I don't even know what yes, else it's sad that. isn't it I mean yeah. you know the thing here's the thing about us is I mean sometimes I joke that we're the best kept secret in a in the <laughs> country in the world actually I mean we're known all over the world and we've trained people to use our wonderful awesome curriculum to create body positive environments all over the world yet um Elizabeth and I are not so great at marketing and so and getting ourselves out there all the time I mean so people have created this whole thing about what body positivity is and it's not based really on some of it is and some of it isn't yeah. based on what we've been teaching. And here's the thing I think, and this is what I see in a lot of work is that people spend so much time in their brains. And I mean, I love the name of your podcast for one and the piece around intuition is everything that we teach and what I live for. I mean, that's what saved my life was listening to my body and learning how to eat again based on my intuition. And um, so that goes deeper than mind, you know, and we spend so much time in our culture, especially in Western culture, in our mind and trying to think things through instead of feeling. And my part of my history that I didn't talk about is that I come from a somatic background. I was a um, body worker doing this really intense um, emotional release work through the body for many years. And that's what led also to the uh, work that I do now. And so there's a huge somatic component to what we do. And, you know, I, I want people to connect to their hearts. I want them to connect to their souls and their bodies and mm. just not spend quite so much time in mind. 
That's so interesting. Yeah. You know, another thing I want to ask you about that's a little bit veering off, but um, was about, you mentioned like that you help people. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of butcher what you said, but I'm going to try and paraphrase, like find their, their body story. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time figuring out what that looks like. So could you elaborate? Yes, absolutely. One of the things I want to mention is there's an awesome researcher out of Canada um, named Neva Peron, and she actually started her work when we were starting our work. And so she was doing the research part around it, and we, we built a lot of what we do based on her feminist dialogical model. So asking people, what's going on with you? And then how do you feel? What are you going to do? And then how can we support you? So, um, and the lovely part is that just recently she's published her 20 something years of research and it backs up everything that we've been doing. And her, her key thing is she talks about the theory of embodiment. And so, um, you know, I think that, I think that part of that and what she talks about is the story, you know, each person has a story and I think of like, having a life story, having a body story. So the way we connect people to their story is first looking at the roots of what are the messages that they got about having a body when they were very young. And so um, from all the different places in their lives, from, from media, but a lot more from family, from friends, from um, religions or churches or all the different places that, that they were being told this is how to have a body. And so positive messages, negative messages, whatever they are, how did that influence how the relationship started? Mm-hmm. And so then we look at where is a person now based on all of that history and how is that still influencing how they connect with their bodies? So I think of it as the messages still coming from the outside, but then how have I internalized messages that are coming at me from the outside and incorporated that into how I tell my story, how I live my story through my life. And then we look at where do people want to go. And so this is the, the healing part is thinking about where I am now and, and how do I want to move through the rest of my life in connection with my body. So, so I think the body story for me is how do I live? I mean, it's my, it's how I in relate to the world. It's how I speak. It's how I speak to myself, to others through this physical body. That's so interesting. And it's interesting too, to think about like, you're talking about, you know, these messages that maybe we got from people close to us growing up about being in a body positive and negative. And, you know, it's like, you carry those things with you throughout your life. So even if it can seem so distant or something that maybe people don't even think about, like it's kind of lurking somewhere in their subconscious um, and it's impacting how they're behaving now and how they're taking care of themselves. Absolutely. I think that one of the things that I struggle with is everybody wants to only blame media about it. So I think what I want people to get is, okay, so yes, advertising, capitalism, all of the systems of oppression in place that have told us who we're supposed to be. So yes, those exist and they're horrible. And I wish they, that they would advertise with like loving yourself, how wonderful that would be. However, it's in the air. So everybody feels that. So everybody's incorporated this idea of who we're all supposed to be. And then what happens and what I see is the most harmful messages come from the people who love us and, or the strangers on the street who say something. I mean, I 
went headlong into my eating disorder at the age of 17. I was dabbling in it before that, and I can vividly remember exactly where I was standing in my best friend's kitchen, and I can see the entire environment perfectly, and her dad telling me I had a fat ass. And I then just, you know, that was it. I just, my eating disorder went seriously out of control. I started restricting heavily and binging, and I mean, it was, it was bad. And that was my best friend's dad. So, I mean, yes, I was affected by the media of my time, but those are the messages that really sunk in and stayed and have never forgotten. And then my dad, you know, my dad talking to my sister. I mean, that's... Yeah. So, so I think that I get tired of adults, especially because I work a lot with youth um, in, in our training programs. And I, I struggle that and when I work with parents too, everybody just wants to say, oh, the social media, it's all the fault of social media. It's like, eh, well, how are you doing with your own body? And what are you role modeling? Are you role modeling a loving relationship? Not a perfect one, but an overarching loving relationship with yourself. And I think that that's to me, that's to me, if the ultimate of body positivity is, is living in a way where I am realizing that I am also affecting other people by how I relate to myself. So if I'm not kind to myself and I treat myself poorly and talk about myself negatively in front of other people, or I'm talking about their food or dieting or all of the diet culture stuff, that that's, that's aggression and that can hurt other people. And so my, my commitment to myself and my definition of body positivity, and I'm an aging woman, so I turned 60 this year and I am not someone who's supposed to be, you know, think of myself as attractive in this mm -hmm. cultural definition. And so, but my role now is to honor my body as it's changing and be a role model for graceful aging. Yeah. Wow. I love that. <laughs> Big job. Um, Big job. Yeah. Cause it's, <laughs> it's rough in this culture. It's like, woo. And every day something changes. It's worse than puberty in yeah. terms of the amount of change that happens and just being able to be like, okay. Okay. I'm going to incorporate that into my definition of beauty. Okay. Oops. Here's another. Okay. Here we go. Yes. It's, it's a lovely challenge. Yeah. But you know, as you were talking about all of that with the media and everything, I really like the way you put that, you know, it's in the air and it, it makes me think of like, I feel like media is like maybe the low hanging fruit that people kind of go to, but it's just, the media is almost just like a, a side effect of a wider cultural problem. And it plays into the problem by kind of spreading it. But, but I love that, that you point out the way that like, it's the people closest to us that are you know, really, you know, can do the most harm or can do the most good for our relationships to our bodies and ourselves. Exactly. Yes. And so that's, yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, media is people, there are people behind it. There's, there's, it's, it's not media isn't something that exists outside of humans. So yeah. there are humans that are doing this. So we have to, first of all, think of that too. Um, and yes, they're distant. Maybe they're not in our personal life, but yeah, I mean, the, there's so much room for positive effect. I mean, that's why I started this organization for my daughter. She's never struggled with her body. She, and then the young ones that I've worked with and that I've met in their teen years and some younger, that they have a different way of living in the world. They, it's not that it's perfect. It's not that they don't suffer, but they're, I mean, I, I just got to speak with two students. One is in high school and one is um, a freshman in college. And 
they were speaking to a, a group of adults and they were saying, my life is a hundred percent changed because I'm not spending all of my time obsessed with thinking about how I'm not perfect and how I should try and perfect myself. And so now I can focus on my education and my activism work oh, and all this stuff. And, I mean, it's, it's incredible. So people for any age, I work with adults as well. And so we have a uh, course on our Institute for the um, online Institute for adults as well to learn the competencies because no matter how old we are, there's no time to waste is how I see it. And having my sister die in, in her thirties really was such a wake up call to no matter how long I live, it, I, I want to have as much fun as I can and, and being unkind to myself and unkind to my body is, it's not very fun. Yeah. Wow. Yes, for sure. I hope more people can internalize that through, through the work that you're spreading and, and, all the other people that are as well. Um, I would love for you to just kind of give some tips, not like you haven't already, but um, on just, you know, the person listening right now who has a fraught relationship to their body, like what are some tips for starting that relationship to healing that? Yes, great question. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I think that, I think for me, and I look back at my own wounded self when I was really struggling and, and the difference when I made the turn to saying I'm going to change this was that I, I woke up to the fact that this was my life. So as I was just saying, I have this life. It is my responsibility to make a decision of how I want to live. And responsibility doesn't have to be a scary thing. It's just responsibility, ability to respond to the stimuli in front of me. So I want to choose that I have purpose and value. And I think that that and making that commitment to myself to say, I want to live and I want to live in a way that feels in alignment with my soul. And it's, it takes time. It's not just something, oh, I'm going to make that decision and then overnight. But what I think happened when I made that choice was that then I started reaching out for help. And I found, since I didn't have a therapist right away to get me through the eating disorder, but I had a community. I, I started changing my friend group. I started looking at what was making me feel good and what wasn't making me not feel good. And that's what intuition is. It's listening. So so that piece around how do I feel? So thinking first about what do I want in all areas of my life, but let's just start with food. What do I want? What am I hungry for? And then trying to get what, as close to that as we can based on our life circumstances. And then, but the after piece is how do I feel? And then working with that information, not from a place of being unkind if it didn't go well, but oh, this was an experiment. Okay, so that didn't work so well. This this is better. And so for me, it was this constant consciousness. I had to be extremely conscious about how I was feeling in each thing that I did. And oh, I want more of that. Oops, nope, that I want less of that. And so finding my way along this path. So I think that that's the best place to start. That's what helped me anyway. Um, but honoring that I have purpose and value just as I am in this moment. And then what, how can I, from this place, start to figure out where I can get the help that I need? Yeah, that's amazing. And I, that leads me perfectly to ask you um, resources that you recommend to people who are listening 
um, and or that you have to offer, like anything that you have to offer uh, with the body positive? Yeah, so the, what we offer is our, um, we have the Body Positive Institute. It's an online platform where people can do the work to help themselves. So we introduce them through our fundamentals course to the five competencies that I mentioned of our Be Body Positive model. And then for uh, therapists and dietitians and any health um, people in the health field, we have a uh, it's, it's the same course, but like therapists and dietitians can get continuing education for doing that course. And then if anybody's excited about wanting to teach this to others and doing their own work at the same time, we have our facilitator training. So the Be Body Positive facilitator training offers just this awesome curriculum that we've been developing and, and fine tuning over 20 years uh, that allows people to create body positive environments wherever they are and work with other people. My book, as you mentioned, it's my story of healing. It's also people, other people's stories, I think is um, really helpful in there because there's a diverse group of people's stories in the book. So it's not just my experience. Mm -hmm. And then I think for others to really start learning about health at every size and to understand the, um, how we can unlink weight and health. And so that's a wonderful way to get out of diet culture. We have a list of resources on our website. I mean, there's so many awesome books. There's, I'm not going to be able to name them all right now, but I think that those are the places to start. So anyone want to connect with us through thebodypositive.org, we have a lot of resources there as well for all the different the different um, areas of this, because there's so many facets to it. Like we're talking about self-love. So we're wanting to look at the Kristen Neff's work around self-compassion. She calls it self-compassion. There's all the pieces around the social justice work around um, uh, fat liberation. And there's all the work, you know, in all the different areas and beauty. And so there's so many different places to For sure. start with this. <laughs> I know. And I do mention some of those things, you know, somewhere throughout this podcast too, but I'm glad to know that you have a resource page um, for people to find that too. Is there a way for people to connect with you? Are you on social media? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yes. We're the body positive. I'm pretty much everywhere. So on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, not as much on Twitter, but um, Instagram <laughs> is where people can really connect with the body positive. Perfect. I have, I have my own. I'm, I'm not, you know, I do some social media stuff, but um, through the body positive, that's where I would go. If I were okay, great. Thank you so much, Connie. This was great. Oh, it was my pleasure, Kirsten. All right, guys, that is a wrap on this week's episode. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while and you're enjoying the episodes I'm putting out there and you could take a moment to head over to iTunes and leave a rating or review for the podcast, I would highly appreciate that. Um, so hopefully this can get out to more people who need to hear it. Um, if you want to hear more from Connie, you can head over to uh, her organization's website, which is thebodypositive.org, or find them on social media at The Body Positive. Um, also, highly recommend checking out Connie's book, which is Embody, Learning to Love Your Unique Body. Um, and then if you guys are interested, I'm hosting another webinar on Friday, May 1st. Um, so next Friday at the time that I'm releasing this and it's basically, it's pay what you can. So whatever makes sense for you right now, I'm going to be answering questions on intuitive eating, 
and body image or health at every size, kind of anything that aligns with those topics. Um, it's a one hour webinar from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern time. Um, and I will be recording it as well. I know sometimes things come up last minute or honestly, sometimes people <laughs> kind of forget uh, to show up at the time. So I always uh, am happy to send you a recording in that case or if you're just not able to make it. So you can register for that webinar by going to the link in my bio on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is at the intuitive underscore RD, like registered dietitian. Um, you can also go to my website and that is theintuitiverd.com, and you'll be able to register from there as well. Um, if you're interested in working together one-on-one -on -one and really want kind of more individualized support, I am taking on new clients right now. Um, I do everything virtually, over the phone, um, and I usually meet with people every other week, and we work on all this stuff, right? We work on body image um, through various different ways. We also work on, you know, intuitive eating, just getting back in touch with your cues around food. Uh, oftentimes when we've had a disordered relationship to food, um, the cues get muted, they get hard to hear. We're just not in touch, we're not attuned to them. So um, I definitely kind of help facilitate that process of getting uh, reconnected to those cues. Uh, we work on making peace with food, so healing, you know, your relationships, especially to those foods that may be like fear foods for you, or foods that you're like, there's no way I can keep that in the house, um, or I go crazy whenever that's around, or I eat all of it every time it's around. Um, I have a really kind of systematic way of approaching those foods and getting to a place where you can feel really neutral towards them, so you can enjoy them, get pleasure and satisfaction, but not feel like you're eating to an uncomfortable place with them. Um, it certainly takes some time, but that's that's kind of the goal of that. I also work with people on gentle nutrition and joyful movement, um, if that makes sense for them. So if you're interested in working together, please reach out. You can go to my website, um, like I mentioned, and click the work with me tab, and you'll be able to just kind of submit a form and I'll reach out to you and we can find a time to have a 15 minute chat and just, you know, see if it makes sense and see if we'll be a good fit for working together. All right, guys, that is all I have for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode um, and I will talk to you really soon.